everyone. This is Myra with Holly Pulley's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. We're looking forward to the unfolding of a wonderful new year with a lot of positive change. We'll be starting off with an immersion in India to explore the balance of the masculine and feminine energies within us. Exploring is about venturing into the unknown territory. We don't know what we'll find, but to make the most of what we uncover, we need to carry with us an open mind and the willingness to change. In Ayurveda and yoga, we want to concern ourselves with real and lasting change rather than dabbling on the surface of things. So how do we bring this about? Exposing ourselves to new ideas inspires change in us. There's plenty of opportunity to take trainings and seminars these days. It's also pretty common to see folks skipping around and taking many different types of classes and just a big variety of things. But if we aren't allowing much time to integrate the learnings into how we live our lives, this ongoing gathering of ideas and practices and certificates is more of what I would call a surface level change. It doesn't last too long usually. It's also a good example of how excess vata dosha manifests as the impulse to always seek more and to seek something different. It's gaining breadth of knowledge without taking time for depth and experience that will one day become wisdom. So looking at the year ahead, it's important to ask yourself, what change do I want to see and feel? And what does change mean to me? And this is where the yoga practice of Swadhyaya is helpful. Swadhyaya is a commitment to studying the self, the higher self. It's turning the light inward instead of outward. It's the practice of self-observation as you move throughout the day. How are you treating yourself in yoga asana class? How do you speak to your family at the dinner table? Why do you even want to meditate in the first place? Through Swadhyaya, you can really get to know your motives and it helps you to establish your priorities in life. When you know what's compelling you to act, and then you know where you want to go, then you can create change from a place of honesty. And then you're much more likely to get what you want. Changes don't have to be big to have a big effect. That's because change in one area of life affects everything else. We're holistic beings, and we live in a holistic society. For example, committing to practicing yoga in the morning before work will mean that you have to wake up a little bit earlier, which in turn requires you to go to bed a little bit earlier, and maybe give up that half hour spent reading or watching TV or playing on the computer. Maybe you need to eat dinner a little earlier too, which might have an impact on your relationships. And so this one change requires a reorientation and there's a holistic impact. Most of the time, it's going to make it much better too. Most of us haven't been raised to think in this holistic way. 
Instead, we put things in boxes and imagine different parts of our lives as if they aren't connected. And this kind of compartmentalized thinking can block real change. We develop an illusion that we can do just one thing and not affect anything else. And this illusion is particularly prominent about our own body, mind, and spirit. For example, your spirit might be seeking a deeper yoga practice while your mind says it's a good idea to keep staying out late on the weekends. Change also affects other people, things, in our environment. It may lead us to doing things that have a negative impact on others, and often without our realizing it. Living in our own little world in our head, we can leave a trail behind us for others to have to deal with. So to bring about real change, we need to consider the whole, which includes ourselves. Lasting change is also brought about when you allow yourself to be different from others. Many of us may have the belief that we all have to be the same, that somehow we'll miss out on something or we'll be left out if we aren't doing what others are doing. And this way of thinking is also related to a desire for approval. And this is something that I've seen many clients bump up against when it comes to choosing to eat in in an Ayurvedic manner, meaning taking the principles from Ayurveda, and that it's different from what other people are doing. Maybe you can relate to that as well. When you know you don't want to eat something that makes you feel bad, but you think you need to do it to make someone else feel good, do you think that really works? It really doesn't. We can take a piece of food and try it to satisfy someone else, but we really can't make them feel good about it. They'll choose to feel good or they won't. One of the great things that can come from Swadhyaya is to realize that I can be in acceptance of others even if they're not in acceptance of me. And then it makes it easier for me to take the high road in any decision. So if we want to be healthy and have peace in our lives, but we're continually exposing ourselves to an excess of rajas and tamas with our food and activities, then we're going to have more rajas and tamas in our mind. So the idea of doing something to make someone else feel good might also just be an excuse to stay in our own denial and just keep doing what we've always been doing. And the more we continue to distract ourselves, then we won't slow down enough to see ourselves, to come to recognize and understand the beliefs that are driving our behavior. So as long as there are many distractions, we're really not able to see ourselves clearly. Distractions are also a product of the doshas. We're about to enter the transition from the vata time of year to the kapha time of year. And when vata is high in us, we want to change everything all the time and think that change is the answer to everything. When vata is balanced, then we can be truly flexible and creative in our ideas and actually implement things. 
And we can move through difficulties with grace and learn from the rough spots. If we transition gracefully from the vata time to the kapha time of year, then we can actually increase the sattva in us, or the balance and harmony in us, and reduce the tamas, the darkness and stagnation. Change involves giving up something and allowing the unknown to flow. It's about welcoming the possibility of uncertainty, and then you get to see what happens. It's the kapha in us that keeps us stable and strong when we don't know what's next. And when kapha's in excess, we get stuck and we don't want to change. We get attached to our comforts. And this excess kapha will lead us to strong attachments, which will increase the tamas in us, the, the stagnation and moving into darkness or being depressive. We can have excess kapha and not excess tamas. But excess kapha for long, or in any extreme, will lead us into tamas, into that darkness. We won't want to get off the sofa or do anything, and we'll tend to hide from life. And with kapha in its proper balance, we can have a stable expansion, change, and feel great about it. We'll have the courage to make the change and enjoy it. And when we engage our true self with balanced kapha, we avoid this superficial change that keeps us bouncing from one thing to the next, from the excess vata. So transitioning into the kapha time of year, as we go into the springtime, we can have that stability and expansion at the same time. Looking ahead at this new year, it's a great thing to ask yourself how you want to live your life. Answer it for yourself and then stick to those priorities. I suggest to choose five top priorities and stay with those. And stop doing things that are not in those priorities because it's taking up your time and distracting you. Swajaya is a great way to know yourself, especially when considering it in light of the other yamas and niyamas. This year we'll be focusing on how each of these ethical guidelines of the yamas and niyamas can be integrated into our lives in order to bring about meaningful and lasting change and find the freedom of a strong sense of self. With a deep inner connection, we have a foundation from which we can step into life. And what matters is that we feel good about what we're doing because this is what allows us to be truly in relationship with other people and with all of our surroundings. Nothing to hide from, and life becomes much richer. Thanks for listening. And as a reminder, we offer trainings, clinical, professional, and personal mentoring, and Ayurvedic health consultations that can guide you along your journey to vibrant living. If you're ready to take the next step, visit hollypule.com. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E.com.
In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipuli's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, Join simple Ayurvedic cooking with Halipule. Their recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.